you. And uh, thank you to Steve Vines for coming. Also, thank you to, uh, is it Kaiser or Kaiser? Anyway, for sending a message. This is regarding the Carly Simon song and the fact that she's admitted to it being Warren Beatty. Uh, and then there was speculation of about four or five other names. And uh, Kaiser says, she sounds like a right tart. Uh, I guess because she Charming. Worked, why? Charming. Because she had, what, more than one boyfriend or something? Yes, gosh, going. I didn't know how, that ever happened in, uh, in life. And as for the guys, of course, well, that's a different story, isn't it? Uh, how are you, Steve? Good morning. Good yes. morning. Yeah, well, it, it's a good morning and it's a bad morning, obviously, mm. because we're still in the shadow of these awful events in, in, in France. Yeah. And I, I know we normally talk about local affairs, but it is very hard to, to sort of raise your sights away from from that event because it is so tremendous and and also i mean it's worth pointing out that you know it does seem that all tragedies aren't equal mm. in the same week there was an enormous um bomb attack in beirut w which killed 43 people maimed i think over 100 I, I mean by any standards a terrible terrorist attack and it just barely barely has registered in the news and the other thing and th there's a very interesting um video which has gone pretty viral on the internet from some pakistani comedians who knew there were such people but there are um who who uh, who put together this little riff and you know they're saying you know as pakistanis we can tell you more about this than anybody else because we are more familiar with these sort of atrocities in our own country. Everyday events in some places. Well, I you guess. know, they had that awful mm. thing with over 100 school children killed sure. by Islamic extremists. And in fact, um, I think people know this, but you often forget it, that the biggest victims of these so-called jihadis, these so-called Daesh people and what have you, are always Muslims. The largest number of people who've been killed mm. by this terrorist, this form of terrorist activity, by, by, by a mile, has, has been Muslims. Well, they reckon that uh, terrorist attacks and deaths are up 80% in I'm one year. I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, Boko Haram was the, was the top uh, murderers of In Nigeria, yes. Mm. Well, you know, um, it, it, what... what what alarms me, I mean, th these attacks are quite appalling enough and, uh, you know, nobody but a lunatic would try and find excuses for it. But what really does alarm me is some of the responses that you get from politicians, particularly in America, which, of course, hasn't actually, um, since 9-11, seen an attack on this scale. But, you know, what the responses of these so-called responsible political leaders has been, let's bring our agenda closer to that of the terrorists. Let's be more intolerant. Let's be more repressive. Let's make our society less free. And that seems to me to be 100% playing to their agenda rather than playing to a much better agenda, which says, actually, our way of life is far better than yours. You're a pile of rubbish. We don't want anything to do with what you're advocating. We don't want this sort of intolerance in our societies. What we need to do is build stronger, freer societies, not go down the road that you want us to go. And I'm, I'm so depressed by these politicians who posture around going, oh, well, you know, we've got to meet far with far, as though that is somehow an answer because it, it just ain't. There was uh, a situation after Paris, there was a, a lady on, on Facebook uh, who posted a comment. She said that uh, the reason why I'm not going to change my profile picture to the French flag 
is because she says, bearing in mind what's happening all around the world, you know, I'd be changing my flag every day or maybe more yeah. than once a day. And yeah. uh, that uh, statement that she made got almost 200,000 shares. So, Well, this is an intelligent response. Yeah, sure. to, there, there was another um, very interesting response to this from the Dalai Lama. I know we're not supposed to talk about him in, in these parts, but nonetheless, you know, he was asked, will he be praying for for the victims mm. of the Paris attack? And he said... Yeah, I remember reading that, yeah. yeah. And he said, you know what? This is not something for God, God to mm, fix. Sure. I'm, I'm a Buddhist. I believe in, in another power. It's for people to fix, and that's mm. what we should be doing. We should be looking at the people, making our societies more... Actually, he also used the word more tolerant and more open, rather than expecting somebody else to fix it for us. Well, Islamic State uh, made a, a, a statement in February this year, I don't even remember it back then, but they said in February that they were going to flood Europe with refugees, and they said that the terrorists would be hiding in the refugees, and that was a statement they made in February. Yeah, I mean, they make a lot of statements, you mm. know. I mean, we still don't know whether they're one of these bombers was embedded or whatever you use the word mm. in in the mass of refugees sure. i mean of course it's the bitterest of ironies these are people obviously overwhelmingly these are people fleeing sure the sort of mayhem and, and destruction that have been caused by this and now because one or two may or may not be included in their number they're very right to become refugees is being undermined. So this is, if you like, a double jeopardy. I mean, it gets sort of sicker and sicker the more you think about it. Mm. What do you think is going to be the solution? I mean, of course, you know, the doors have been opened. I'm not suggesting that all refugees for one moment are, you know, are involved with ISIS, but, you know, there is a chance that some may have sneaked through under cover of refugee status. So you've got this thing about Syrian passports, for example. They found duplicate names and, and so on and so forth. So Who knows? Who knows? I mean, who but knows? What, what's the solution, do you think? Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, because mm. I think that's the only honest thing you can say. All that you do know is that, that building up the strength of societies that, that stand opposed to this form of lunatic terrorism that's ultimately the solution. Mm. Um, stopping refugees who are in a desperate situation from being able to flee from the countries that they have to leave, that's not a solution. Nor is it a solution to say, well, you know, we can just take endless numbers. I mean, obviously that, that can't, can't be happen, done either. Sure. So there's no easy way out of this. Mm. I mean, it just needs people to be a bit cooler and, and not do these big reflex well this has happened now we've got to do this because there isn't a there isn't a fix i mean i suppose that's the problem is politicians don't like to come in front of a microphone and say there is no quick fix to this you know they like to be able to say well we've launched a bombing raid on isis in in you know in syria well i'm you know, I'm not against that, but it, it's not a fix. Nobody should be under that illusion. There is a suggestion by many people, of course, that uh, regrettably this could be the start of, of a whole new sort of chapter in the war on, of terrorists. Well, I wonder. I mean, I, it's a horrible thing to say, but I don't actually see it like that because, I mean, that's what everybody said after 9-11. Mm. They said it after the bombings in London, etc., um, etc. Et I think it's a continuum. That's the problem. It, 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 it's not... I mean, because the death toll is high, it doesn't make it a, 
a new development. Unfortunately, it's the same thing. What I'm suggesting is that this is just one of multiple attacks that, that could be staged in more recent Oh, I times. see what you mean. You mean... The, 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 this is just the start, if you like. Well, I, I don't think any sensible person can rule that out. I mean, one of the only really good reflex responses you've had to this attack has been the strengthening of, of, of security, particularly in continental Europe, mm. where you, there obviously are problems of, of, of monitoring these terrorists. But, you, you know, in Britain, they they revealed last week, or was it this week, I can't remember now, that 11 substantial terrorist attacks had been avoided by intelligence work. Of course, you never know whether that's actually, strictly speaking, accurate. Mm. But, you know, I don't think they'd lie to an extent that none of these things actually happened. It's all in their imagination. So one of the things that is happening, and thank goodness it is, is that this preemptive intelligence work is stopping some of these groups being able to do their worst. So maybe that's uh, an armoury that's going to be reinforced. I dare say in the next weeks and months to come we'll see what happens. OK, let's uh, shift the tables now and talk about something else. Of course, a uh, big match here in Hong Kong. Uh, I, I did watch it. I thought it was highly entertaining, to be honest with you. Uh, that disallowed goal, we've seen the slow-mos and we've seen that it did cross the line. Then again, China did rattle the work about four times during that, that whole game as well. So it was a little unfortunate for both sides, I guess you could say. But God, see why they're sitting on the fence. I mean, that's well, see pretty... Well, see wasn't only sitting on the fence. <laughs> We're talking, pathetic, of course, about the Hong Kong versus China match. Right. Not only was he not sitting on the fence, he proudly declared that he didn't watch it. Yes, because, that's right. Because he, he, didn't, he wasn't able to. Um, because he was abroad, and there you had uh, the other part of his government, John Chung, posting pictures of himself, watching it on... Apparently you can do this on the internet now. Did you know that? Well, it went out uh, <laughs> live on local TV, and uh, local TV, you can often, you know, if you're abroad, you can pick up TV. There, there, there were multiple ways in which you your could course, have accessed it. Course. I mean, that was just rubbish. Mm. But, I mean, the idea that the the person who leads Hong Kong cannot bring himself to support the local team because of political correctness. It tells you everything you need to know about that man, everything you need to know about the system. Can you imagine that the, the, the um, Prime Minister of... Uh, well, the President of China um, uh, going... <laughs> going, say, on a state visit to Russia and saying, well, I don't know if I can quite support the local team. It's playing Russia, so therefore I'm going to support both teams. <laughs> well, I mean, CY must be very happy because, of course, mm. the, the match ended in stalemate, and he, he is Hong Kong's leading advocate of stalemate. <laughs> so very good. He, I think nil-nil is about the score that's he... Well, it was said in, in back chat this morning because it was obviously discussed in there uh, quite extensively and, and they were saying, you know, even the governors of the various provinces in China would support the provincial team. Of course team. they would. Mm. I mean, it's a no-brainer. But you know what's interesting about this football match? Uh, uh, and it's the first thing that struck me when, when it became as politicised as it did. And let's, let's remember that this was essentially a political match. There was a bit of football going on, I'm told. <laughs> it reminds me of the old Soviet Union when the only way that the satellite states could assert themselves against Mother Russia, i.e. the Soviet Union itself, was when, for example, you had Poland playing the Soviet Union or Hungary playing the Soviet Union, of course all the crowds would turn up to support the Polish team and to boo what essentially was the Russian team. And it was their great outlet 
for this. Oh, and incidentally, you know the final score. Soviet Union, nil. Doesn't exist anymore, I'm just saying. <laughs> what about the, I mean, you know, we, we had FIFA coming over to take videos of what was going on and all this kind of stuff. We, we oh, did see... FIFA, is that, no, wait a minute, FIFA, that's, that's a very reputable organisation, isn't it? Uh, apparently, <laughs> was. <laughs> but anyway, on that... On that note, though, I mean, I looked at some of the crowds and they're holding up these bits of paper saying boo on it and all this kind of thing. Uh, they they didn't look very politically motivated to me. They oh, looked more like a paid actually. rabble, to be honest. Oh, I, Maybe don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that at all. But I, what's I your take on it? My take about it is that Hong Kong people are very smart. They were told you can't boo, so they brought signs saying boo. I loved it. I just thought, <laughs> there's ingenuity right there. You don't have to travel down the MTR very far to find it. But you've got people saying as well, there were posters up uh, during the crowd saying uh, Hong Kong is not China. I mean, inevitably in 2047 it will be, won't it? Well, you know, the the, the fact of the matter is that that we hear by the day, by the minute, that Mm. we must adhere to the basic law Mm. and we never hear about how we have to adhere to the Joint Declaration because apparently that's a document that doesn't exist. But both of these documents make it very clear that Hong Kong has a degree of autonomy which sets it apart from China. This is in the law. Mm. This is in the Constitution. So when people assert the upholding of that law, the upholding of the Joint Declaration in Hong Kong, it's extraordinary that the government goes around and goes, well, this is very worrying. Well, I don't know. Upholding the law? I don't... Last time I looked, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Upholding the Constitution? Supposed to do that? How about Macau and, and, and the population there? I mean, they're getting wedged up every year now. Is it 9,000 Patakas they're going to get again this year, something like that? Well, Macau, as we know, is very different because the majority of people living in Macau now are, are new arrivals from mm. the mainland, so you've got a very different composition. Mm. And as we know, Macau has got an impeccable record for <coughs> clean government... <laughs> diversification of its economy because there's more than one casino and um, lots of money and nothing to do with it. Mm. Um, if, if people are going to hold up Macau as being the model for Hong Kong, I'd only say, God help us. <laughs> do you see it becoming one? Uh, because there's another suggestion, you know, we've got the bridge and we've got the high-speed rail link going in and, you know, people are suggesting that Sanjian, Zhuhai, Macau and Hong Kong will all become uh, one big SAR. Do you see that happening in the near future? No. No, because the systems are so incompatible and different. Mm. I think that there are people in the Hong Kong government, I'll give you a name, CY Leung, who probably would like that to happen, like Hong Kong's distinctiveness to disappear, like to see the, the crucial part of the basic law ignored. But the fact of the matter is that there is massive, massive differences in, in those three s- sets of society. Mm. And bridges, infrastructure, don't don't... You know, they they provide a physical link, but they don't provide a means of breaking down the much bigger barrier, which is the, if you like, the psychological barrier, which did, which which very very sharply divides these three places. In case you just tuned in, we're talking to Steve Vines. He's a regular contributor on The Morning Brew on a Thursday. If you'd like to be in touch, by the way, and have any comments yourself, you're more than welcome. It's radiopete at gmail dot com. Going to take a break. Peter King in for Phil Whelan all this week, and as usual on a Thursday at this time, chatting with uh, Steve Vines. Now, while the uh, latest was going out with Samantha Butler, I got an email here from Fiona who says, Appreciate Hong Kong campaign, utter shinola, and so embarrassing, I want a tax refund. 
I think I'm with her on that one. For yes, sure. this this is um this is the latest project fr- from the Bureau for Satire and Silly Walks <laughs> that has been set up by by C Y Learn. You remember this is the same bureau that that and if any listeners can remember this, they've got better memories than the average. This is the same bureau that came up with two other initiatives. So there was Hong Kong Our Home. Remember that? Yes. yes. <laughs> there was Bless Hong Kong. A world-class city, or well, as Steve James called it, Asia's WC. There's another <laughs> one that came out. But the fact of the matter is, there's the mentality in this satire department of the government that thinks that if you've got real problems, the way to solve them is not to tackle them. Goodness me, we can't be doing that because we're far too busy. But I tell you what, what we'll do is we'll dish out some free tickets to the... Poor. Have you ever met any of the poor? Ghastly people. Oh, they're off to uh, Ocean Park, apparently, they're, on this oh, initiative. No, 10,000 of them. And Disneyland. Oh, so and Disneyland. It, it, right, it's yes. not just Ocean Park. Mm. Shame on you for only mentioning one brand. Um, Actually, 13,000 tickets from Disney. Well, there oh, you go. Right, there you go. I mean, who knew there were that, that many un, uh, <laughs> poor people? Gosh, it's appalling. Uh, anyway, fact of the matter is, so, mm. so we've got them... So society's ills are going to be cured... By going off to Disney Park, I mean, the fact that, you know, 20% of the population is living below the poverty line, well, we can't do anything about that. But, hey, day out at the Disney theme park... Solve everything, mate. Solved. Yeah. I, I mean, may have no food, but, hey, I went to Disney. I went to Disney. <laughs> I mean, this is this is sort of Marie Antoinette reborn mm. in Tamar. Well, the other thing that they're planning on is uh, opening the police college and the fire and ambulance services academies to open days. Do you remember a few years ago when... the they actually had an open day at the sewage treatment works at Chartin. Yes, I'm very sorry that's not been revived. Why, why is that not in the list of, of, of things that are going to heal the Hong Kong rift? I mean, some people say wallowing in the <coughs> brown stuff is, <laughs> is the way to go, but I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm well, according not to Carrie Lam uh, on Monday, she said it was aimed at bridging divisions in society that appeared following the Occupy protests of last yes. year. Gosh, Backed who... by Governor Big Business, of course. Uh, yes, yes. There you go. Yes, all those um, all those um, well-heeled officials will be dusting out their best clothes to appear in ribbon-cutting ceremonies. I mean, going I, to watch the football. They, they will. They, they'll they'll have their best rosettes on, and they will be grinning in front of the cameras. And you know what the net result of this will be? Mm. A moment's silence. Because <laughs> no one. I mean, the, the, the thing is just so ridiculous. It will have zero impact. I mean, you know, if, if some kids get a day out in a theme park, great. I'm all in favour of it and good luck to them. Mm. But healing society's rifts? No, 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 Carrie. The problem is society is divided, not least because your boss, the chief executive, is one of the most divisive political leaders I've ever come across. And, boy, I've covered some political leaders in my lifetime <laughs> as a journalist. I mean, here is a man who sets out mm. to, to cause confrontations and then turns around and says, ''Oh, my goodness, everything's become politicised. How did that happen?'' Incidentally, let's 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 get the most hated man in as the uh, new chancellor of, of of Hong Kong. You, you know, let's do this, let's do that. You know, here's a man who goes out picking fights and then says, "Oh, they're all bullies." Well, this is a five-month campaign. It's going to run from December. Appreciate Hong Kong, that is. Yes. How much do you reckon this is going to cost? Hey, other folks' money. It doesn't matter. 
it's you and me are contributing to this. Don't be such a Scrooge. Don't mention the money. Money is no object. Hong Kong's got lots of it. And, and you know, if we have to pay out a few million here, a few tens of million there, a few hundreds of million there, I mean, it's still cheaper than the bridge to nowhere, which is positively squillions. Uh, Fiona's back, oh, by yeah. the way. She Hello, says, Fiona. Uh, hey, Fiona. Uh, what percentage of Disney do, does the uh, SR own? Majority. Mm. It's still the majority shareholder. And we still don't know... But we're only the taxpayers, we're only the people who pay for it, so why should we be told? We still don't know when uh, we're going to get our money back. I don't think it'll ever happen, personally. Who knows? Um, well, I mean, you've got Shanghai springing up and... Uh... I don't know. I mean, the fact of the matter is, even if, mm. in cash terms, those squillions are returned to the Hong Kong coffers, which I, I can tell you they haven't been, but even if they are, if you'd invested that same amount... Oh, hopefully not through the HKMA because they always lose money. That, that that's or put or MPF into... for that matter. Oh, certainly not through the MPF. <laughs> Boy, there's a. There, oh, let's not get started on that. But <laughs> if you'd have invested those same squillions in some other instrument, you you not only would not have made a loss, but you would have made a far far bigger profit than you can ever make on um, having this massive investment in Disney. But the experts will tell you they'll say ah. Oh, it's not about money. Isn't it funny? Every time the government loses money, they say, oh, it's not about money, it's about other things. When it comes to things like, you know, giving very poor people a decent life with a pension, they go, mm. that's all about the money. So, hey, sort it out, boys. Either it is about the money or it isn't about the money. The idea that Hong Kong, to improve its civilization, had to import a semi-demented mouse from America... Just think about that. <laughs> I suppose that's Chinese values. It was an interesting point brought up on uh, back chat today. In fact, it's well worth listening to today's edition. Get it on the archive if you if you so wish. But uh, one gentleman brought up a point uh, talking about uh, mainlanders and this sort of uh, this conflict between Hong Kong people and people uh, from up the road, let's say. Uh, and and what he said quite rightly is, well, some of this should be actually pointed back at people in Hong Kong. Because these are the people who are encouraging money from the mainland to be spent. These are the people who are selling all the tins of milk powder. And these are the people yeah. that are actually, uh, f you know, sort of uh, looking after the tourists. Well, and by the way, this is the government who, 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 whose main big idea for maintaining Hong Kong as, uh, uh, Hong Kong's tourist industry is to sort of give up on the rest of the world mm, yes. and focus all its exactly. attention on visitors from the mainland, as, as y you probably know. The, the, the share of tourism from the rest of the world has been plummeting and the share of tourism from the mainland has been increasing. And it's not, it, it's not what you call friendly tourism. I mean, it, 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 it's a form of tourism that, that basically just um, means very short stays in Hong Kong. Lots of spending in the and, shops. And lots of spending mm. in shops which are of not much interest mm. to the local people. If you look at really big multicultural um, tourist centres, places like London, for example, is quite true. Many, many people go there for, for shopping. But a lot of the places they go to are, first of all, distinctly British because it's in London. I don't know, last time I looked, I don't think Christian Dior is British. I'm not sure Prada mm, is Hong Kong. Prada isn't a Hong Kong. You know, when you come to Hong Kong, all you get is the best of what you somebody else. else. Yeah, sure. Yes. So, you know, so you're developing no distinctive local identity. You're, you're 
creating massive areas which are sort of no-go for the local population. And they say, oh, how ungrateful are local people? They're, they're, they're not participating in this. Well, bringing in that uh, point you just made about overseas tourists, i.e. non-mainland tourists, um, bearing in mind that this is the time of year when people like to come to Hong Kong because it's not hot and sticky, uh, the weather's fairly OK, maybe a little cool for some people, of course, who live here, but how much uh, distance do you think they could have c created if they spent that money on Appreciate Hong Kong on actually boosting some sort of external awareness of our tourism? there's that there's perhaps you know and hey what about not spending money on things what about spending a bit of thought on preserving the cultural heritage of hong kong you know a lot of the things that hong kong could do actually don't cost a lot of money mm. i.e preserving buildings that give hong kong its unique character um not hiving out the waterfront to a big development company so that they can make um, a, a pathway That's to their latest That shopping, would never happen in most parts of the world, mate, I'll tell you. It's just, it's just ludicrous. Blatant, I would say. Um, the only place I've visited recently that has a, um, a, a waterfront, but it's a river, it's not a harbour, um, quite as messy as Hong Kong's is Bangkok. Well, you know, if you want to say that Hong Kong's level of city planning is up there with Bangkok, yeah, good luck to you. Um, I think we've just about done on that, really, have we not? Unless you've got any solutions we could uh, add no, into the mix not there? not really, no. No, not really, right. Well, I'll tell you what, something that uh, did crop, uh, crop up has been mentioned uh, fairly recently, uh, Ronnie Tong. Good old Ronnie. Yeah. Uh, in his survey. Think tank. Uh, the think tank. The think tank, yeah. Every self-respecting person should have a think tank. Seven out of ten Hong Kong people believe that a camp of politically moderate figures is needed in Hong Kong. Yes, that's one survey. The, mm. Oh, the think tank, incidentally, is, is moderate, so that's all right. We're all moderate. <laughs> but then they went out and they did yet another poll, mm. and yet another poll. It said, you know, do you regard yourself as moderate or not? I mean, what a question. Do you... Do you moderate think in what? Well, exactly. Drinking? Exactly. <laughs> Hunting on the races? I yes, I, I mean, you know, nose-picking, I don't know what exactly they're... Opening the door for little old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> or slamming it in their faces, which is what any reasonable person would do, given the, given the pressures of society and the fact that the Appreciate Hong Kong has not yet started, so we don't do it yet. No, I mean, if you go out and ask people, are you moderate? They'll go, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, are you a raving bloody extremist they'll go no 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 no. i'm not that I'm, I'm moderate so i mean these polls are just so ridiculous and the fact of the matter is that they're reported with seriousness oh yes we have a survey here that says there's more people than expected are quite moderate well actually i'm surprised that it's not 80 percent of people identifying themselves as to this stupid question I mean, as long as they don't punch the questioner in the face, although I assume it's done on the telephone. I think a lot um, of these things are, really, aren't they? All sort of... Uh, I mean... It, well, who do you get on the phone anyway, if you're sort well, of phoning well, it during the day? Who do you get you know? on the phone? Um, uh, what is the quality of the question? What is the quality of the answer? I mean, all of these things are unanswered. But, of course, the, the, the point of this is, mm. is for Ronnie and his boys to say, and I don't blame them, you know, they have a point of view, you know, that there is a third way in Hong Kong politics, and we've got the support for it. The trouble is, it's it's a pretty transparent, um, <laughs> thin device for, for making that point. And if you look at the elections this Sunday, which I hope everybody's going to vote in, I personally can't vote because where I live, there's only one candidate, a gentleman from the DIB, who, who, who who's promised to... What did he promise to do? 
he's, he's promised to enhance society. Oh, wow. so so I'm all on his own. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, you know, if I had, if I could vote for him, I'd vote for anybody who's going to enhance society. Anyway, I, I'm detracting. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is, mm. if if you look at it when it actually comes down to people voting for warm bodies to sit on representative councils and what have you, there is a clear divide. And the actual appetite for people who aren't one thing and one another is never very strong. Most people aren't red hot in one position or another, mm. but they do like a bit of a point of view, and I don't blame them for that. How lucrative is a position on the council? Not, Not really. It's, so it's, it's a, a face thing would be pretty... No, no, many people do it mm. as a full-time job. Fair enough. I mean, they get paid, I think, something like 60 grand a month, so mm. it's not exactly... Um, they, don't, they don't get Well, they won't be living in a cage, will they? Let's put they won't be way. living in a cage, and they mm. get allowances for this and that, and they mm. get two cut ribbons, and... I, I'm being a bit unfair, because some of these district no, councillors... work hard, work, some work, of them. ...work, work yeah. like a dog. Some of them are an absolute, utter disgrace. There's uh, been a voice of dissent, in fact, many voices from my mates, all listening to this. November 22nd is a big day for our community. And they say to me, why, why do you keep playing this 2015 district council elections? I said, well, because we have to. It's, and I think a lot of people don't realise that not only RTHK, but commercial radio, metro and the TV stations are obliged twice an hour to play a government announcement. And Aren't they uh, called announcements of public interest. And I've got here... An oxymoron, if you've ever heard of one. <laughs> well, that's indeed the fact. Uh, I mean, I've got the list here, and this list is the same list. So if you flicked over to commercial, for example, you'd hear the same two government announcements in the hour that we play here. Well, so that's quite thrilling, that's isn't Everybody it? has to play them. Yes. You know, it's not just and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're really, really interesting. <laughs> Do you think they're made by the same department dedicated to satire that's thought up the Appreciate Hong Kong campaign? Well, I can tell you that uh, when I first came back here uh, around 2000, 2001, I was tasked with making some of these things and I did sneak a few Mickey takes into the system. Can I play you one? Go on. Uh, I'll tell you what, in fact, I did a few of them. There was a guy called Dave Pope and I did, did some. And uh, a friend of mine who used to be here a long time ago, uh, Tom Bowman. Yep. So uh, we did this one together. This was about uh, making your restaurant clean. And, of course, it was been translated from the Chinese. And we basically took the words that they gave us, and this is what we came out with. Oh, your business is booming, isn't it? Well, as my old dad said, that's because a time for leaning is a time for cleaning. I tell you what, I'll give you a look round. Oh, look, you've got a place for everything. Everything's in its place. Your knives and your utensils are properly kept, and your passages are free from obstruction. Hey, we'll lay none of that talk round here. Oh, look at your floor. It's so well maintained, and you're all non slippery We can't get flies thrown up on fish and chips, can we? I know, but that's why your restaurant's doing so well, isn't it? There are a few of those in the system, but what we didn't realise at the time... <laughs> what you didn't realise was... ...was that they get sent to commercial radio and metro, so whether they actually had to play them as well, I don't know. But but I do take your point. I mean, you know, it, it is enforcing such nanny things, but joining hands and let's yes, join hands yes, and do let's this. Let's clasp yeah. hands together mm. and... And, you know, the point is, I, I know the satire department that, that produces these things is very well-intentioned, <laughs> blah, 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 let's all go to sleep. But, you know, this sort of nanny state approach to people. Mm. I mean, most people just turn off. They probably didn't turn off to that particular one. They may well have, <laughs> particularly people who've been, like me, who are great fans of Round the Horn, might have, <laughs> might have appreciated that. Yeah, there's a few more lurking in the system <laughs> somewhere.
but you know, on the whole, mm. on the whole, it's it's not. And and you know, some of these messages are actually very worthwhile. Mm. I, the message that people should vote in the elections is perfectly, in my view. But it's all done in this sort of silly way. You've you got know. little people waving on the street. Have you yes. seen those? Oh, yes, well. I've, I've, I've come across waves. I've only run down a few of them. So. <laughs> Very and they deserved it. Very shortly. Uh, I don't know if you'd like to comment on this one. We we heard recently, was it about 100... 170, I think. 170 school sites uh, that haven't been reclaimed by the government, and yet they're very happy and very eager to rip up the country park, aren't they? Yeah, ain't that a, ain't that a fact? Mm. I mean, you, there, there's the, the, the main justification for this act of massive vandalism for destroying the great jewel in Hong Kong's crown, which is the country park system, is we desperately need this land for housing... But, uh, and the, the, the underutilised or non-utilised ex-school sites is, is a good example of this. There is, and everybody says this, or everybody with half a brain says this, there is in fact lots of land around, perfectly suitable for development, in the urban areas, and it just sits there because the government can't be off its backside to, to do something about it. Something that puzzles me, and you may have seen this uh, uh, more recently than, than before, uh, little bits of land. So, for example, there'd be a piece of land outside somebody's uh, house uh, and they used it for something like uh, washing their dog. And so the government come with these big metal boulders. Uh, uh, poles boulders, yeah, uh, and yeah. government land signs. Yeah. I noticed uh, along the Saishar Road up by the restaurants there, they've suddenly been springing yeah. up around where people this, used this, to park. These are all big disputes over these so-called short-term tenancies, mm. which, are, which are adjacent to, to, to buildings where, obviously... Um, that you know there is permission to build, otherwise it wouldn't be there. And there's endless disputes about. It. And the government's right solution Block it is off. to, if you've got a nice looking road or you've got a nice looking path, hey, we can do something about. It. We can make that the most ugly looking part it's of the I of think. the area. Sure. And it's because the lands department always focuses on the petty. It never focuses on the big you know, serious stuff that's happening. And then they say, oh, we're so busy, you know, we've got officials out night and day, their clipboards are worn to the lower plastic levels, and that's because they're they're faffing around doing all this minor, petty stuff, despoiling the look of the, of the areas. Yeah. I, I often wonder, and I'm not suggesting anything here, of course, but I wonder if it's just one contractor has the job to put all those concrete posts, uh, metal posts around. I would be appalled if that was true. true. I, 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 no, it can't be, no, 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 can't be, no, 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 impossible. But you're right, I mean, it just makes everything look so ugly. And I mean, stupid. And Sai Shah, you know, where all the car parks are outside the restaurants now, they've all been fenced off with these government yes. property signs. God for that. So. Otherwise, people would... Oh, park, that's right. Oh. Yes, no, I know, it's, it's terrible, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for the Lands Department. It's, it's the department I admire most, <laughs> other than the Department of Satire and Funny Walks yes, that, and, that produces environment um, appreciate Hong hygiene Kong. Hygiene Department, another one I really <laughs> love too. Steve, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. It's Likewise one of the, and similar. One of the highlights of my week when I get to sit in for Phil Whelan, and, of course, Steve Vines will be back next Thursday at uh, 10 o'clock. 